Is Jalen Hurts a prime MVP candidate? We talk about that. Malik Wallace's first NFL start. The NFC South leading Atlanta Falcons and more coming up next year on Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You have me today, Kevin Ostracker, one of the many NFL experts here on the Locked On Podcast Network and here on Locked On NFL. We are your daily podcast covering all the biggest stories around the NFL in less than 30 minutes. Again, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are available anywhere you get your podcasts, so Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, also in video form on youtube we are here it is halloween so happy halloween everybody i don't have a costume on right now i guess i am me i'm kevin Ostriker for halloween very original right but we're gonna dive into a ton of nfl action that happened over the course of sunday another crazy wild week of nfl action we're gonna start off though talking with tyler roland of locked on titans about malik willis in his first nfl start picking up a win one and oh as an nfl starter so congratulations to him in the second segment We'll move on to Lou DiBiase of Locked On Eagles talking about if Jalen Hurts is a prime MVP candidate and if the Eagles will ever lose again, they're still undefeated. And then finally, we'll talk with Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons about that crazy, wild, wacky win the Falcons had over the Panthers where Carolina handed them the game twice. So without any further ado, let's now dive into our conversation with Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans about Malik Wallace and that Tennessee team. Well, the Tennessee Titans are running away with the AFC South, now standing at 5-2 after a 17-10 win over the Houston Texans, led by a different quarterback, though, in Malik Willis. Here with us to talk about that win and more here today is Tyler Rowland, the host over at Locked On Titans. And Tyler, a big storyline here with Ryan Tannehill being out. Was Malik Willis coming in and taking mm-hmm. the reins of this offense? He gets the win in his first NFL start. What did you think about it? What was your overall takeaways from this performance by Willis? Well, I have to say, I thought Malik Willis was exactly what I was expecting. He had some rough moments out there, as a lot of young quarterbacks in the NFL, especially rookie quarterbacks, are prone to do. He did make some mistakes, and they were very obvious mistakes. He had a bad throw on an interception. He made some you know, decision-making errors when to run, threw one out of bounds that he probably could have picked up on third down with his legs, took a sack on a third down before halftime where you couldn't afford to take a sack because it would knock you out of field goal range. So we made some rookie situational errors. He did have a, a, a pass to an open guy that was off off target, inaccurate pass, probably should have hit that one. So he had a, a, a lot of downs to discuss, but I think when you consider the situation, most people knew that Malik Willis needed a redshirt year coming in. He didn't look like a guy who was ready to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, and quite honestly, That's what I expected, but he did enough and didn't make enough mistakes to ruin the Titans' chances at a victory against the lowly Houston Texans. So I guess you got to commend him for that as well. Yeah, and with Tennessee leading their division again pretty comfortably here, Malik Willis showed that he can go out there and win a football game. Maybe it wasn't the prettiest thing in the world, but we did see it happen. And with Tannehill coming back at some point, you know, with with that Mm -hmm. happening, if he has to go out again, Tyler, if he's forced to miss maybe – 
a month or so. Do you feel confident that Willis can lead them to consistent victories, or is this more of still a going through the growing pain situation and hoping you come out with wins? Uh, I got to tell you, if you look at the Titans' next stretch of games, I think there may be a, a, a game or two in there that, that they can compete. They do have the Denver Broncos in a few weeks. Maybe a Malik Willis-led Tennessee Titans effort could result in a win, but they also have games in, in coming weeks against the Kansas City Chiefs next weekend, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Philadelphia Eagles, and their old wide receiver, A.J. Brown, which I don't think we need to wait much longer to figure out who won that trade. But uh, with those teams lying ahead for the Titans, I have to be blatantly obvious and say that I don't think that a Malik Willis-led Tennessee Titans team could win those games this week against the Houston Texans. What was a perfect matchup. It was a perfect spot for Malik Willis to have the opportunity to come in and lead the Titans to a victory, even if he didn't play good football. The Texans are abysmal in run defense. They were allowing 164.7 yards per game coming into this matchup. That total is going up because they allowed over 300 total yards to the Titans on the ground, including 219 from Derrick Henry and 83 from backup running back Dontrell Hilliard. So you're not going to meet uh, in the coming weeks a team with that poor of a run defense and that terrible of an offense that just kind of fit perfectly with the Titans' strengths of running the ball and the Titans' defense. The Texans played perfectly into that hand, and I think that unique scenario and the opponent being the Houston Texans is what allowed the Titans and Malik Willis to get to a win. If, If they have to play Malik against the better teams in the NFL, I'm not as optimistic that it'll come out the same for the Titans. So just to be clear, it is Ryan Tannehill QB1 season still. Yes, it has to be Ryan Tannehill as the starter for the Titans. Although it's been ugly for the Titans, and I know there are some people who just box score scout and say, hey, the Titans scored 17 points on offense with Malik Willis. They dropped a zero on the scoreboard against the Colts the week before that with Ryan Tannehill. And I get how that looks. But the reality is the Titans probably would have put up 30 points on the Texans if they had Ryan Tannehill today. Tannehill is still a a top 12 uh, quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion. And they got to keep Tannehill in if they want to have any chance of beating some of these more competitive teams that, again, lie ahead on the schedule. You mentioned the run game, Tyler. Can you you talk about how how fun it is to watch Derrick Henry run that football? Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. And as a Tennessee Titans fan, this is what life is supposed to be for us. You got Eddie George in the defense, Chris Johnson in the defense, DeMarco Murray in the defense. And for the last few years with that Arthur Smith blip in there where the Titans went nuts and were the best offense in the league for a few years, it's been Derrick Henry and the defense. Derrick Henry went for over 200 yards, had two rushing touchdowns. He's had six games like that in his career with 200-plus rushing yards and two uh, rushing touchdowns. Four of them have come on the Houston Texans. Four straight games of 200 yards and two touchdowns against Houston for Derrick Henry. And here's a crazier part of that stat. If you look at players in NFL history who have had 200-plus rushing yards and two touchdowns in the same game, Derrick Henry is first in NFL history since 1950. With six of those games, second place on that list would be Derrick Henry against the Texans with four. And then with three of those games, you have Jim Brown, LT, and Barry Sanders tied. So what we're witnessing from Derrick Henry and coming back after that foot injury and that performance against Cincy in the playoffs, 
a lot of the people in the NFL community were saying, oh, you know, this is just life for a running back in the NFL. You get hurt, now you're washed, you're done. He can't do it. Looked a little rough early on in the season. But Derrick Henry proved again. He is one of the best running backs of all time, and we're witnessing a generational talent. He became the Tennessee Titans' all-time leader in touchdowns scored, passing Eddie George in this game against the Texans. Derrick Henry is the king, and uh, he's a Hall of Fame talent. We just see it every week, and it is, as you said, pretty fun to watch. Yeah, he is absolutely incredible. But Tyler, the trade deadline is coming up here very soon. Do you feel like Tennessee could make any moves to bolster a unit that maybe needs a bit of work, or do you feel like they might stand pat? Yeah, I think the Titans could definitely use to to add a wide receiver. Uh, I think if they could, which there's probably not going to be a lot of that on the market, they would love to add someone at offensive line, specifically at left tackle. But who's giving away starting quality left tackles at this point in the NFL season? They're more likely to give away a wide receiver. But I got to tell you, with what's available and the way the Titans want to play offense, I don't see the Titans going out and spending more draft capital on wide receiver at this time, even if myself and the fan base uh, thinks they definitely should do that. But I, I don't expect the Titans to make any big moves at the trade deadline. Yeah, we, even if they don't, the Titans have put themselves in a good situation at 5-2 mm-hmm. and, and leading an AFC South that really just feels like theirs for the taking. There hasn't really yes. been a ton of competition in that division so far. But for more on the Tennessee Titans and Tyler's work, of course, be sure to check out the Locked on Titans podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Tyler, thanks so much for joining me. It really does seem like Tennessee is running away with that division. Not a ton of competition there. So seems like for now, they are well on their way to winning the division, but still a ton of football left. What into our first break now, though, on Locked on NFL. Coming up, we diving into our conversation with Lou DiBiase and talking about if Jalen Hurts is a prime MVP candidate. So be sure to stay tuned. We still have a ton to talk about here on the show. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy online and sometimes i wish that life would come with a user manual but hey when you're talking about therapy better help online therapy is basically the next best thing unfortunately life doesn't come with that user manual so when it's not working for you it is normal to feel stuck but therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you better help us connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists is convenient secure and accessible anywhere 100 online and there are plenty of broader benefits when talking about therapy like learning coping skills self-empowerment dealing with trauma etc and everyone deserves to feel their best better help makes it easy to get started is the world's largest therapy service they've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100 online all the benefits of in-person therapy plus it's more convenient more accessible and more affordable just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist if things aren't clicking you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime it couldn't be simpler there are no waiting rooms there's no traffic no endless searching for the right therapist get unstuck with better help learn more and save 10 percent off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on that's better com slash locked on and we are back here, our second segment of Locked On NFL. Kevin Ostreicher, your host, still here with you again. Thank you so much for tuning in today, making us your first listen of the day. Now be sure to make your second listen, Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most of the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever 
you get your podcast. But now we're going to be diving into the undefeated, still undefeated Philadelphia Eagles after their win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are dominating right now. We're going to talk with Louis DiBiase about Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Howie Roseman, and that Philadelphia Eagles team. So let's dive into it now. Well, I don't know if the Philadelphia Eagles are ever going to lose again. The Eagles, again, rack up a win. Still undefeated here to talk with me about their win over the Pittsburgh Steelers and Jalen Hurts is Lou DiBiase, the host over at Locked On Eagles, one of them. And, Louie, this is a game where the Eagles come in pretty highly favored, and they go out there and they dominate Pittsburgh by the final score of 35-13. to Never really a doubt. A.J. Brown, huge first half. Jalen Hurts, too. Was this the result you expected from an Eagles team that's just been red hot to start the season? Yeah, for sure. I, I think it wasn't surprising if you told me in the beginning of this Sunday morning that the Eagles were going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 35-13. to 13, I would have said, yeah, that checks out, right? The Steelers are 2-5. and five. The Eagles are the only undefeated team left in the league. But to see how they won is that much more encouraging because Jalen Hurts dominated from within the pocket. 285 yards, four touchdowns, which is a career high. All four touchdowns were of 25-plus yards. To see that development, the accuracy, the ball placement, it was an MVP-like performance from inside the numbers. Jalen Hurts normally does his damage on the ground. He only had 10 rushing yards today, Kevin, and that's the most encouraging part is the Eagles are winning in so many different ways to get to the 7-0 record. And it's great. We've we've heard a lot of names that MVP conversation early on. We've seen Lamar Jackson pop up, Josh Allen, Pastor Mahomes, a lot of these names – but Jalen Hurts, Louis, do you feel like Jalen Hurts could make a run of this MVP, especially if he continues playing like this? No, I really do. It's tough right now to top what Josh Allen has been doing for the Buffalo Bills. But outside of Allen, I think Jalen Hurts should have the second best odds to win MVP. He has that also the storyline of that year two as a starter breakout. A lot of guys have won the MVP that way. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Carson Wentz could have won that in 2017 if he didn't tear his ACL. So that breakout star, the NFL likes that storyline. And the way he's been dominating this year on the ground, he could shatter Cam Newton's single season rushing touchdown record for a quarterback. The way he is throwing the football as well, the way the Eagles are undefeated, and if they continue that undefeated run, it's going to be hard not to consider the quarterback and an undefeated team to be an MVP candidate. So I, I totally think he should be a top three candidate. You could argue him versus Allen, maybe Patrick Mahomes, but it would be those top three. I think so. Yeah. Now, the Eagles were aggressive this offseason, very, very aggressive. And one of those moves, they went out there and acquired A.J. Brown, and he has three touchdowns. Of the free. He was incredible, and he's been incredible the whole season. But did you expect this, Louis, out of the A.J. Brown trade? It, it has been a seamless fit for him so far. I didn't truly think he was going to be this dominant. I knew he was a top-tier receiver with the Tennessee Titans, but to see just the overall change, the impact he alone has had on this offense – the way he opens things up for everybody, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, the run game. But overall, just the impact he's had, the influence he's had on Jalen Hurts' development as a pocket passer, their chemistry and their trust between one another, it's unlike it's truly one of the top connections in football right now. And they're best friends off the field, so it's not totally shocking, but his presence over the middle of the field, the ability to win 50-50 jump balls as we saw today, like the, his contested catch ability is top tier in the league. It gives Hurts so much more confidence and trust to make those kind of decisions and those plays. And really, Jalen Hurts last year did not throw the football over the middle of the field. Brown has totally changed Hurts' game, and you don't see a lot of non-quarterbacks make that kind of impact on a team. So, A.J. Brown, I cannot believe the Tennessee Titans didn't want to pay this guy. I think he's been worth every penny so far of that $100 million contract. 
Yeah, 100%. And then flipping over to defense, Blue, the Eagles make a move. They go out and acquire Robert Quinn from the Chicago Bears. What does that move mean for their defense and how the impact he could have on this team? Yeah, general manager Howie Roseman loves to build from within the trenches and out. He likes to be very deep when it comes to pass rushers. They tend to prefer a four-man rotation on the edge. You look at their Super Bowl team in 2017. It was Brandon Graham, Vinny Curry, Derek Barnett, their first-round pick. And then they brought in a veteran similar to Robert Quinn in Chris Long. So Robert Quinn last year, second in sacks with 18 and a half. He only has one this year, but it was a buy-low fourth-round pick kind of move and you don't owe him any money guaranteed beyond this year. I think it makes perfect f- sense for a team that again, was trying to get a little more depth for an already pretty deep and talented, talented defensive line. Howie Roseman's always looking to be aggressive before the trade deadline. And he sees this window right now and he's trying to maximize it. And I know when talking about undefeated teams, especially when they rattle off seven straight, you know, I am, I am not in the jinxing business. I do believe in them. But in terms of if this Eagles team really could maybe make the magic happen and maybe have an undefeated season, this is only week eight. We still have a ton of football left. And even if you don't want to go as far as to say they might have an undefeated season, do you think that the number one seed is all but theirs in the NFC right now? I do. I think the one seed in the NFC at this point, it looks like it's Philadelphia's to lose. Although in the NFC East, I mean, the Cowboys are still on their tail. So are the New York Giants. The Cowboys are six and two. The Giants are playing right now as we are recording this and they're six and one. So they got to keep stacking wins for sure. But the rest of the NFC right now does not look great. I mean, what in the NFC South, you have a four and four Atlanta Falcons team in first place. So you look at the Eagles schedule Look, the discipline analyst in me wants to not really think about the undefeated record that they could have, but the, the fan and just the you know overall enthusiast in me sees the schedule and it's not that hard. I mean, they play the Houston Texans this Thursday in Davis Mills. They play the Washington Commanders the week after the Indianapolis Colts with Sam Ellinger. I mean, the only tough games left, really, it looks like is the NFC East. So it's hard to not get ahead of yourselves. I mean, they have a great chance to do it. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. But they have as good a chance as any top teams in the the last few seasons. Right. And we we know how much the players have contributed on the field. But I'm always so interested to hear about coaching and how much you think coaching has played a part in this. How impressive have you been with the coaching staff so far this year? No, I think the coaching staff does such a good job at – molding the scheme around what their players do best on both sides of the ball. That's not always how some coaches do it. Some coaches say, here's my scheme. Here's what you're going to do in it. And what I like is Nick Sirianni, the head coach, Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator. They say, here's what a player does best. How do we fit that into what we're going to do? And I thought this game against the Steelers in particular was beautiful. The adjustments they made coming out of their bye week, two key areas they struggled with was dealing with the opposing blitz, making plays down the field as a result of that, and then second-half issues on offense. They came out flying in the second half against Pittsburgh, and as I said, the four touchdowns were all of 25-plus yards. They did a great job of picking up the blitz. This coaching staff has been really good this year, and um, you know it's crazy to see just two years after a total overhaul in this organization from top to bottom that they're 7-0 right now. And the Eagles are 7-0, still undefeated. We'll see them back in action soon. Thursday night against those Houston Texans. If you want to go check out more on the undefeated Eagles, be sure to check out Louie's work over at the Locked On Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Louie, thanks so much for hopping on.
Philadelphia sports have had quite the year, especially with the Phillies in the World Series. Now you have the Eagles still undefeated. And they're a team that has all the makings of a Super Bowl contender. Still a ton of football left, obviously, but they've gotten the job done so far through eight weeks. But coming up in our final segment, we'll be talking with Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons about the NFC South leading. Yes, NFC South leading Atlanta Falcons. So be sure to stay tuned. You won't want to miss out on that conversation. But first, I do want to tell you a bit about Blue Nile. And whether you're looking to pop the question, have a milestone to celebrate, or want to let your love sparkle, Blue Nile can help you make your celebrations even more memorable. Its original online jeweler, Blue Nile, offers a large selection of independently graded diamonds and pieces priced significantly below traditional retailers. Blue Nile has helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Their easy online tools let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity as well as setting style. Blue Niles Bench Jewelers will then help you handcraft a perfect one-of-a-kind engagement ring. If you're looking for a piece of fine jewelry to commemorate a special milestone with still having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. They're available via phone or even chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. So shop stress-free with Blue Nile's 100% satisfaction guarantee. All Blue Nile orders are insured and shipped free in discreet packaging. They're also overnight shipped. If you're in a rush, so make your moment sparkle with Blue Nile. Go to BlueNile.com. Use code locked on to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. That's B L U E N I L E.com. Code locked on to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. BlueNile.com. Code locked on. We're back here. Our final segment of Locked On NFL. Kevin Ostraker, your host, still here with you again. Thank you so much for tuning in to us here today and making us your first listen. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow along in audio form, and make your second listen, of course, Locked On Sports today. But now we're going to be diving into our conversation with Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons and how the Falcons are currently leading the NFC South. They are 4-4 four and four right now and on top of the divisions. Let's talk about that now. Well, the NFC South leading Atlanta Falcons pull out a crazy, wacky win against the Carolina Panthers in week eight, 37 to 34. And here to talk about it with me, Aaron Freeman, the host over at Locked on Falcons. And Aaron, I don't know if there was a deserved winner of this game, but the Falcons went out there and won it. Well, what are your emotions like after a game like that where Carolina seems to win the game twice, but Atlanta comes out with the win? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're a couple of hours now after it. So my my... Nerves are calming down a little bit, but it was certainly a roller coaster ride of a game where it just seemed like no team wanted any business of winning this game. But fortunately for the Falcons, I think the Panthers wanted this win a little bit less than they did. Uh, and the Falcons were able to sort of pull away with uh, a game winner from Young Way Koo in overtime. And thanks to the non clutch kicking of Eddie Pinheiro in this game, really came through and saved the Falcons from what could have been a very embarrassing loss, but it was certainly a wild roller coaster, an up and down game. Uh, some, some good, a lot of bad for both teams, but the Falcons found a way to come away with it. And now they're in first place in the NFC South. And where, where would you give credit for the win? I know there was some bad in this one, but the Falcons pulled it out. Where do you give the most credit for how they were able to do it? I think you got to give Marcus Mariota some credit in this game, even though he he threw an interception, his second interception of the day to, to kick off overtime, and it seemed to to go against the Falcons. Um, I do feel like Mariota did take strides forward in this game as a passer. The Falcons' offense has been very one-dimensional, very successful running the football. Again, had a good day for 167 yards on the ground, uh, spearheaded by Caleb Huntley. But Mariota had uh, some plays himself using his legs, a 30-yard run in overtime uh, to set up that game winner, but did make some nice throws down the stretch. And you saw a Falcons offense that 
you know, threw the ball 28 times uh, today, which is normal for pretty much any other offense. But for the Falcons, it is unheard of. That's like twice as much as what they're kind of averaging week to week. And so the fact that the Falcons offense was functional and passing attack was functional, I think you got to give Mariota some credit for that, being able to make plays not only with his arm, but also with his legs. And let's stick there with Mariota, Aaron, because this is a guy who came into Atlanta. You draft Desmond Ritter if you're the Falcons. There was kind of the, will Desmond Ritter see the field this season? How long of a leash does Marcus Mariota have? But how impressed or not have you been with him this season through eight weeks? Yeah, Mariota's got this team playing competitive football. He hasn't played really high-level quarterback play while doing so, but he also hasn't played particularly poor once you just sort of eliminate some of the turnovers obviously again he had two uh interceptions today uh but early in the season seemed to be a, a lot of turnovers that were costing the falcons dearly and the last couple of games has seemed to get right in that and the falcon success isn't necessarily because of marcus Mariota, but i do think that if they can continue to evolve their passing attack, which is something we've been talking about a lot on Locked on Falcons over the last couple of weeks, uh, and by year's end, hopefully the Falcons will have won enough games to retain their grip on the NFC South, that's a team that could potentially, with a good running game um, and a at least a competent passing attack, could do some damage to somebody uh, in the postseason. And I know that's Sounds crazy to a lot of folks, but we know that the NFC isn't necessarily chock full of uh, juggernauts there. So the Falcons actually do stand a chance if they can get better from here on uh, to the end of the season to maybe do some damage in January. Right. And, and this is a team that is four and four leading their division in the NFC South. But what's the mood right now in Atlanta, Aaron? Is this a team where people are confident that, hey, they can go out there and win this division? Or is it more of a, oh, this is still almost the rebuilding-ish year stuff is going to go south? What's the mood? Yeah, I think I think right now the Falcons are looking good getting this win. Uh, they have a couple of winnable games. This is the soft part of the schedule. They got the Chargers coming up. Then they got a rematch on a short week on Thursday night against the Panthers. But then they follow that up with uh, the Bears, the, the Commanders, and the Steelers all before their week uh, 15 or week 14 by. And so those look like very winnable games. So the Falcons have an opportunity ahead of themselves to potentially create some separation between them and the rest of the NFC South going in to that final stretch of the season. So I think getting this much needed win today, uh, even as up and down and ugly and as it was, I think puts Falcon fans in a good mood because it does feel like okay they just need a little bit of momentum going into the stretch and, and maybe we can be talking a lot more uh impressively about this team coming out of the stretch going into that bye week later this year and with the way they're playing right now the trade deadline is coming up in just a day here do you feel like aaron the falcons could make a move maybe buy on the trade deadline as it comes up i i would be skeptical of that uh, at this point in time, I think the Falcons were still early in the rebuild. Obviously, they're ahead of schedule in this rebuild, being a much more competitive team uh, this year than I think a lot of people expected, myself included. Um, and so I, I think the Falcons are going to retain their their draft picks. Those are going to be a little bit more precious over the upcoming years because they're going to have they're going to finally be out of cap hell and start to spend money in the offseason. And they won't necessarily get the comp picks that I know, Kevin, you're very familiar with covering the Ravens uh, and their hacking of that formula. So I, I do think these draft picks are going to be a little bit more precious. And ultimately, you know, I think this season is kind of gravy for the Falcons. If they do make the playoffs, great. If they don't, 
it is what it is. They're still at the beginning of this rebuild. So I don't feel like the Falcons going to feel any urgency to go make a move to add a player that may push them over the hump to eventually win the NFC South. It makes sense. And speaking of some of the bad and the slop, you talked about a bit earlier, Aaron, what are some of the things that Falcons can improve on moving forward? Maybe not even just for this year, but even in future years as they kind of carry maybe some momentum. Yeah, you want to see this passing game uh, make strides between now and years in. Uh, you want to see more days like today where both Kyle Pitts and Drake London were, were relatively heavily involved in the offense. And you want to see sort of what some of these young defensive players on the defense that the Falcons are you know, starting this rebound. How many of these guys look like you know, assets, long-term assets that could be not only starters for this season, but starters long-term. The Falcons have a number of players, veteran players, that are on these sort of one-year prove-it deals here in Atlanta. And so really this season, uh, even – given the Falcons' success and uh, exceeding expectations, is really about finding those pieces that are sort of going to be long-term assets and part of that foundation for the long-term of this team. And so that's really what this season is about. And the Falcons manage to win games and make up the postseason and, and are feisty, you know, come January, then we'll take that on, on top of that. That's the cherry on top for the season. There's excitement in Atlanta, 4-4 four and four football team leading the NFC South. Aaron, I appreciate your time. For more on the Locked On Falcons podcast, check it out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Aaron does great work. Thanks so much. We shall see with those Atlanta Falcons and if they will be able to keep and maintain their hold on that NFC South division. So far, though, Marcus Mariota and a bunch of contributors have them in that position. Credit to Arthur Smith and that coaching staff as well. So exciting for the stretch run. Most definitely. Lots of I have for you here today on Locked On NFL. Again, happy Halloween to everybody out there. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Let me get back in tomorrow. We'll be diving into more NFL content with your Tuesday host. So be sure to stay tuned for that and we will see you right back here tomorrow.